Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. Uh, I was once again looking through your Twitter feed, and um, you had something there that was a bit interesting, and I was hoping you could tell us about it. It, it, You had a tweet about slicing and unlearning. Can, Can you take us through that? Absolutely. So one of the things I often teach teams to do is to slice up their work into tiny pieces. I I will even teach them to release new code that is valuable to customers every single day. This is an idea that came originally from um, Alistair Coburn. Uh, He called it Elephant Carpaccio. I train people in how to do this. I have a standing bet on my website that if you have a task that you think cannot be released in one-day slices, in one-day pieces that are each valuable, I will buy you a beer. Uh, No one has ever won this bet. Uh, I have won every time someone has tried to show me a task that can't be broken up in this way. And I I was uh, describing this to someone who is not technical, someone who's a product manager in one of my teams that I'm teaching this. And I I was teaching a a modified version of this. I'm saying, have a new valuable thing every week so it's, it's less onerous. I thought it was easier. And this person said, man, I think this team's really going to have trouble. I mean, they're doing the first few, but boy, they're really going to need a lot of your help. And I said, I don't think they need my help. I think they could get your help. And he says, well, how could I help? What do you mean? So that's where I got this idea that um, uh, just like it's very valuable for engineers to unlearn what they believe about um, all kinds of things. There's a whole series of articles. We'll we'll link to one of them uh, called Falsehoods Programmers Believe About Names, which has all the the false things that people believe about uh, that everybody has a name, uh, that names are at most this length, or um, uh, that everybody only has one name, um, uh, that everybody knows what their name is, um, uh, that their name on their passport matches their real name, all kinds of other crazy things that turn out to be really violated in, in the real world when you start working with names around the world. So in, in a similar way, there's all kinds of beliefs that programmers have about uh, how users behave and what users expect and what is possible when you are thinking of releasing something that's valuable. And the sorts of things they tend to believe are that uh, users won't tolerate a wrong answer, that an error will upset them, that customer service will complain if the users uh, complain or, or see something that isn't perfect, um, that the feature has to scale, that it has to actually run for, for millions of users on day one, um, or that, uh, and this is one of my favorite ones, that the design has to be finished. The, the designers have to finish their work. We have to understand how the whole workflow will go. Then we can build the login screen. So there's a whole set of these. Maybe I'll write an article one day in this in this. Um, uh, Uh, trend, this uh, falsehoods programmers believe about X. Uh, Maybe I should write one of those. Uh, I I managed to fit it into a tweet and simply to say that all those things are false. And the main thing that I advised this product manager to do was to help the developers to unlearn them because he already knew these things weren't true. And the Mm. thing that I was encouraging him to do was to remind users that it was, sorry, remind programmers that users were much more resilient and that they would be perfectly happy in his case that's certainly not true in every case. Don't do this in a nuclear power plant, but uh, they would be perfectly happy if they got an error that didn't make any sense. If what they had done was start the workflow that was crucial to their job that they really wanted to see in the in the product and that therefore they could have faith that there was an error, but the team was working on whatever it was that was vital to them. So that's just one example of the sort of unlearning that I think is very important. And the, here's the crucial thing. Once I help teams unlearn these things, and this, once I kind of introduce the idea, they get it very quickly, they usually don't have any trouble slicing. When they say, oh, yeah, if the feature doesn't have to work, I can build a version of it in a day that, that will, I can release. Yeah, 
if if the button doesn't have to um, uh, operate for uh, users in uh, other countries, but only in my country, well, yeah, I can I can make a button that'll work for them, and then we'll get an error message for the others. You mean that's okay? And I say yes. You've got the idea. And once they've got that, they they, they really don't have too much trouble slicing into uh, one day or or uh, similar pieces. So I really like this focus on unlearning things that aren't true. Uh, that I think that is interesting because it's a it's often a really a barrier to learning is uh, the, the things that we know that just aren't so. I think that's a quote from uh, Will Rogers. You know, it's it's not the things we know that get us in trouble. It's the things we know that just aren't so. Uh, and, and this this sounds like exactly that kind of scenario. The uh, the thing that stood out to me in this was, was that one of the things that's false is is uh, that it, there's value in these thin slices. Like that's that maybe is is a, a foundational thing. Like why? Yes, yes, what you're saying is true, scroll, but why bother? You know, if why? What's the point of having the, the button that just works in my, uh, in, in you know, for my country or, or mm-hmm. you know, on my computer? And it sounds like that that might be the part where you were hoping the product manager would come in and, and help. Is, is that right? Exactly. Okay. That's, that's definitely a big part of it is that the product manager can describe why in, in taking his particular situation, these users that they have are, are um, uh, very, very experienced people, people who work with systems of the kind he builds um, all over the place with a tremendous understanding. They could probably build them themselves. They've got that level of experience and knowledge. And so when they see an error, it's not like a person who's never touched this domain before, doesn't understand it at all, thinks, oh, this is terrible. They think, oh, well, they're building this piece before that piece, and I understand why, and I can see how I can work around this problem. So he can explain that user perception. Another thing I did with his client was to help them actually get some engineers talking to these users so they could experience what their lives were like and have some empathy. So with that foundation, then the engineers can say, well, I understand that these types of users, unlike novices, will be able to handle this weird uh, behavior or this uh, unintuitive interface or something else that I'm doing in my uh, piece that I'm going to release this week. And then I'll do the next piece that's more intuitive and more sensible next week, and I'll even refine that further in the third week. The The process of, of coming up with those pieces isn't the hard part. The hard part is understanding users would tolerate it. And that's exactly what the uh, product manager will, I think, now be able to explain. Right. Uh, that's really interesting. I, I, I would uh, love to hear from our uh, uh, listeners on this because I have a feeling that we've talked about some things that <laughs> they, they, they will tell us we're wrong about. There's some things that they know that uh, that, that were wrong. Uh, and I would love to hear the, their thoughts on this because I know that this kind of uh, slicing is not is not very common. And uh, I know that you often, you generally get resistance to it when you first introduce it. Um, and then later people really enjoy it. So there's there's this gap between common perception and what you discover when you've coached people. Uh, I would love to hear from our, our listeners what they what they see as the barriers to this. What are the the parts of slicing uh, that um, maybe we're wrong about? Maybe we're missing something. Um, is there something we need to unlearn? That would be really interesting to hear. But uh, thank you, Score, for taking us through that. And I love this this idea of uh, uh, connecting slicing and unlearning. I think that's a, a really powerful concept. Absolutely. And we'd love to hear from listeners. Uh, you can get in touch at agileconversations.com. Uh, get in touch there and, and tell us why you think, for example, a particular task couldn't be sliced up into one day pieces. You would win a beer from me. You would be the first person ever. <laughs> so c- come come to us with that challenge. That would be fantastic. Uh, you can find on agileconversations.com our email and Twitter and I don't know, wherever else we use LinkedIn. And you can find free videos, lots of information and stuff about us, our book, Agile 
conversations, more fun things like that. So have a look there and get in touch with us. And of course, also come back next week because we'll be back again with Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Squirrel.